Good evening, San Diego. Welcome to Election Night 2020. As most of the country has been watching returns slowly come in from the east, San Diegans have now joined the fray. It's nearly 9 p.m., and the first batch of results were released about an hour ago. The first tally is of 1.1 million votes, which represents about 58% of the total ballots sent out to voters. Shifts are possible and likely, as there are more than 800,000 ballots that could still be counted. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special election episode of your San Diego News Fix. Charlie Clark, you cover politics for the San Diego Union-Tribune, and what a strange election we are in the middle of. Let's start with your initial reaction. What are your thoughts by looking at these returns? Yeah, so I think the the things that probably jumped out the most to me, uh, one, the fact that Todd Gloria has, I think, a bit more sizable lead than many would have anticipated. Um, Obviously, uh, the early vote tends to skew Democratic, or most polling has suggested it would have, and we know that the Democratic base is far more behind uh, Todd Gloria. Um, But still, there's a pretty significant gap we saw right off the bat. Uh, I, I would say the other one that I think is... You know, not to prognosticate too much, but it is probably a bad omen from our camp in a jar that he is only up, um, as you mentioned, by like 2,000 votes. And that count doesn't even include the more conservative Riverside County. Um, and it doesn't really include people who voted the same day. And, you know, if if our polling was on par there, you know, there was a lot to suggest that ISA was going to have a massive advantage if it came to turning out people the same day. I think it was seven to one is what his voters supposedly outnumbered Camp Najjar's for same-day voting. So the fact that Camp Najjar didn't build a bigger lead here uh, probably means it's, it's, I would venture to guess, pretty likely that the 50th will remain in Republican hands. Um, And then the one other kind of big shocker, I think, is that the District 3 supervisor race is, which is the race that will determine the balance of the same county board of supervisors politically, uh, Democrat Tara Lawson Reamer is beating the incumbent, uh, at least in this first batch of return, returns, by more than 20 points, um, which that's pretty, pretty dramatic. I mean, even with, again, Demo- you know, early voting skewing Democratic, that's a pretty massive gap. So that'll be interesting to watch. So from hearing you describe that, it sounds like there weren't any major surprises in these first returns. I wouldn't say anything that was like earth shattering. Um, I think probably the closest you get is probably the Lost and Reamer one. Um, to see her up by that much, I think there was a lot of questions. You know, given that this race in 2016, Kristen Gaspar didn't officially really win it until like a week after the election. It was that close. And this district has flipped in both of the past two elections. To see that kind of gap this early, um, It'll be really fascinating to watch if, if that's an indication of where sentiment is at. Mm-hmm. And zooming out a little bit, um, what are some limitations of this first return that we have to keep in mind, given that this is, you know, a mail election during a pandemic? Can you give us the kind of one on one that you mentioned in previous episodes? Yeah, yeah. So I think that the biggest caveat that I have put on this is one the first batch of results. I think all of us and I think Republican operatives would have said this as well. Everyone expected this would skew Democratic, just given what we saw as far as the sentiment around mail-in voting um, and how successful our registrar was about getting people to turn in mail ballots. I mean, they had 
you know, what, 1.2 million by the end of the day yesterday already. Um, and just given that and the fact that Democrats have an edge among people who choose to vote that way, it kind of suggested that in the early results, this was going to be more democratic. Uh, so, so we really do have to wait and see what happens as more of the in-person voting results, you know, start to come in here in the later updates. Uh, I'd venture a guess that you'll see it, a couple of races flipped. Um, probably the, the 50th, I would venture a guess, is going to flip from where it is right now. Um, but who knows? May, maybe Democrats had more of a get-out-the-vote effort on the ground than people expected. But th that's kind of the big caveat here. Is we, we still have to see how people voted the day of. Um, and as you mentioned at the top of that show here, th there's a lot of outstanding ballots. Mm -hmm. And uh, from speaking to everyone from candidates to the registrar of voters uh, today and yesterday, what's the mood generally? Uh well, I think our registrar is certainly confident in their ability to, to do this count. And I actually think most people, and I've talked to some other political reporters about this, I think overall there's just a general sentiment of being really impressed with how our election has been administered. Um, as far as, you know, the engagement, I think we're going to see a record turnout. Um, I think that's just not even a question at this point. Um, and it seems like San Diegans really rose to the challenge and were actively engaged and seemed to vote. Uh in a conscious and safe way, which is great. It's always good to see more people engaging the political process. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'd venture, I guess, you know, here, you know, because we knew how California would vote for the presidential, you know, it gives people a bit more ability to just focus on the local races, although I'm sure uh, just everyone in the country right now is probably watching what's going on on, you know, pick your network as they're uh, breaking down the electoral college map. Yes, yeah, certainly. I feel like the pandemic has really been kind of like a shadow civics class for Californians because before people probably didn't know what a supervisor did while everyone knows who Nathan Fletcher is by now. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. And literally, I think all five of our supervisors have spoken about that to a degree. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we get deeper into the night and we're expecting some more results around 11 and then at 3 in the morning, are there any key threads that you can pull out of kind of where San Diego County is generally, or is it kind of too soon to say? I mean, right now I think it's too soon to say. I think that second batch of results will, will really help. I mean, there's some general things, right, that kind of speak to things we already knew. You know, we knew the sentiment about the president here, so that's not really a surprise, right? We know just how he's regarded in California more broadly. Um, I think when it comes to some of the local races, though, that's what's going to be really interesting to see, you know, in particular when you looked at contests like the mayor's race, right, where you had two Democrats and there were, you know, kind of battle lines drawn there, um, or that 53rd congressional district race, kind of this question, or the D1 supervisor race, all these races where the question was more about what kind of party do Democrats want to be, at least locally in San Diego, now that they are winning seats. Um, again, right, it's, it's hard to imagine now, but right, it wasn't that long ago that this was very much a Republican county. Um, so that's kind of one of those overarching arching threads. Um, and then the one other big thing, right, is especially for me, given that I cover the county board of supervisors a lot, and I would argue it's the most consequential race in San Diego County, if Tara Lawson Reaver holds on to win here, that is going to have a tremendous impact on what the future of this region looks like. Um, just as the swing vote, you know, our, our county board 
weighs in on everything from transit to mental health services to housing um, to environmental policy. So, you know, that's the race that I know myself and probably a lot of, you know, more kind of political operatives and things like that are paying really close attention to because that's going to tell us a lot about what San Diego is going to look like probably over the next decade here. Yeah, it seems like this election, at least locally, is not necessarily what's going to happen in 2021 or 2022, but in 2030, 2035, when these big projects actually turn into reality. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, Daniel. I mean, it's, and I think that's part of what makes it kind of hard for people to get their heads around, and that's probably part of the reason that County Board of Supervisors wasn't something people paid as close of attention to, um, although, again, the pandemic has, has changed that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, I got to go get you so you can finish up your story before the print deadline. But um, as we watch the results come in nationally and everyone continues doom scrolling, what do you recommend people keep in mind? So, I've, you know, I've been watching the ABC News broadcast and, and I like that, you know, Stephanopoulos and Nate Silver and all these guys keep emphasizing to people this thing is going to take time at the national level. Um, you know, it's pretty clear that you know, I think we can all say no one's going to win in a landslide as far as the presidential side of things. Um, but, you know, it really is going to come down to, right, how Pennsylvania and Michigan and these places, you know, count their ballots. Um, and I'd like to add the caveat, which I know they've been discussing there, but each state handles mail-in voting differently, right? So in San Diego, our registrar started counting that stuff as soon as it came in. That's why we have a more you know, comprehensive look at our races right now. In Pennsylvania, right, I think we saw something that said, you know, in Philadelphia, they're going to stop counting the mail ballots until tomorrow. So just I, I caution everyone to not get too far ahead of themselves as they look at, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, um, you know, barring there being a, a real significant gap, which it looks like there might be in Arizona. So that's a little different. But then again, they also counted their ballots differently. So Certainly. A lot of questions remain. Charles Clark, thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. Election day may be over, but definitive results are not yet clear. By 10.30 p.m. on Tuesday, some 1.2 million votes were counted countywide, providing a significant but incomplete view of local races. In the Board of Supervisors race, Democrat Tara Lawson-Reamer held an early lead over Republican Supervisor Kristen Gaspar in the 3rd District seat. The district, which includes coastal San Diego, Solana Beach, and Snitas and Escondido, is considered the swing seat on the county board, which has been dominated by Republicans for decades. Although Supervisor is technically a nonpartisan post, the board dictates important public policy and spends billions of public tax dollars each year, so political parties are often involved in supervisor campaigns. In the San Diego mayor's race, Assemblyman Todd Gloria held a significant lead Tuesday night over fellow Democrat Councilwoman Barbara Bree in the battle to become San Diego's next mayor. The former allies have been in a fierce battle to replace churned-out Republican Mayor Kevin Falconer. The well-funded campaign has featured attack ads from both sides on TV and in mailers. Two Union Tribune 10 News polls, one in early September and one in early October, showed the race to be a nearly dead heat. While they are both Democrats, 
The two candidates have starkly different views on solving the city's housing crisis, homelessness, vacation rentals, transportation challenges, and revamping the sports arena neighborhood. Also, Democrats held leads over Republicans in two key city council races. In Congress, incumbents fared well in early returns in San Diego County, with Representatives Mike Levin, Juan Vargas, and Scott Peters holding strong leads over Republican challengers in the 49th, 51st, and 52nd Congressional Districts. In the 53rd Congressional District, Sarah Jacobs held a lead over Georgette Gomez in the race to fill the seat held by Susan Davis. The first returns in the 50th District showed Democrat Amar Kampanajar with a narrow lead, which is a sign the race will likely flip as early returns favor Democrats. Thanks for listening. For up-to-date election results, check out our website to see all local races. To support our journalism, go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.